Did you know that if you want to know truth, God can open your eyes? But if you don't want to know truth, God can cause you to be blind? Because he says people have ears, but they, they don't hear. They have eyes, but they can't see. But those that want to see and want to hear, God can give you more truth and more truth and more truth. Now look what he says. We trusted that it had been he that would do all these things. And beside all of this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulchre. When they found not his body, they came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. Well, if that, why are they still sad? Because they didn't believe the message. They didn't believe the message that somebody had brought to them. Well, they should have. Hold your place right here and just look with me at a verse in the book of uh, Mark. Go to Mark chapter 16. I just want you to see a couple of verses there. Mark chapter 16. And look there in verse 11. In verse 11 says of chapter 16 of Mark. This is on page 1069. In verse 11 says, And they, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, did what? Believe not. They didn't believe it. Why were they sad? Because they didn't believe it. You see, we have a countenance about us that shows whether or not we're trusting the Lord or we're really not trusting Him. Or what God's Word says are just idle tales. Or do you really believe it? Do you really believe that He can meet your need and answer your prayer? That's interesting. But look what else He says there in uh, verse 12. He says, in verse 12, after that he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and were into the country. So he's walking with these two fellows into the country in another form. Now you can have all the movies you want to, but you know this was first. The Bible mentions all these things first about appearing and disappearing and being transformed and another body. and I think it's riot. But then look what he says in verse 13. And they went and told it unto the residue, neither believed they them. They told somebody else something they didn't believe. Verse 14. Afterwards he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart and get this, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. The Lord was upset with the people that wouldn't believe the message that he told the people to send and tell them. So, do you believe that there's things that God may give to me to preach on? And then people come and hear and then not believe it because I don't have to believe that. I mean, he's just the preacher. Who is he? But what if the preacher is telling you what God said? You're going to have to answer to the Lord. And you can't use the excuse, well, he was just a man. doesn't matter. Did he say, thus saith the Lord? So whenever you tell somebody what the Bible says, and 
like some people go out do the soul winning or ranch night or the uh, reformers. Did you know that God is going to hold people accountable for what they heard from people that told them the truth? That's why we have to make sure that what we tell people and we say God said, God really did say it. Go back there to the book of Luke. I just thought I'd throw that little sideline in there. Didn't hurt to deviate just a little bit. So in verse 24, he says, And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre, found it even so as the women had said, uh, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools, O fools, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? This was recorded in the Old Testament. And you're supposed to know the word of God. He even got on Nicodemus because he said, Thou art a ruler in Israel and knoweth not these things. How come you don't know this? He expected him to know it. He should have known. Did you know that God knows what you should have known? And you don't know because you didn't read and you didn't study and you didn't believe? You know, when you get to heaven, it's not going to be he's going to bless you because of what you could have done. You're going to see what you could have done if you'd have only believed what God's Word said. Or did you take it as though it's just a fable, just a nice little story? But you can't take it seriously, though. Or did it, does it change your life? Anyway, here in the book of Luke, chapter 24, he says in verse 27, And beginning at Moses... And all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. You know, acting like he's going to go on down the road. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them, because no doubt he was probably tired and hungry in that old physical body of his. No, I believe Jesus had a glorified body. And in verse 30, And he, it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread, blessed it and brake, and gave to them, and their eyes were open. Ooh, that shows you you should never miss communion service. That's, that's the point I got out of this here. You should never miss communion service. What if they'd have missed this one? But anyway, as their eyes were opened... And they knew him. And he and you ought to underline this in your Bible. If this wouldn't knock your socks off, he vanished out of their sight. All right, let's just say, for example, here we are. And Peter's a pretty good-sized fella. But all of a sudden, we're sitting here, and all of a sudden, he just disappears. Now, would you remember this day and this moment? You will remember for the rest of your natural-born life. Because... This doesn't happen every day, every moment. This isn't just a fairy tale. I was there. I was at Calvary Community Church when I literally saw Peter just disappear. Now, if he did, then I would think the rapture took place, and I'd want to know why the rest of us are still here. That would shake me all the way down to my toenails. Don't go nowhere. Vanished out of his sight. Verse 32, and they said one to another, did not our hearts, and you ought to underline these three words, burn within us. You see, the closer you get to the Lord, 
The Word of God is like a fire. It can set you on fire, cause it to burn inside of you. And this is what causes some Christians to run, burn out instead of rust out. Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way? And while he opened to us the scriptures, he opened to them the scriptures. You see, you have the Holy Spirit living within you. And as you study the word of God, the Holy Spirit within you can help open up the scriptures. You have the author of the word of God. Wouldn't it be a shame for you never to let the author of the book explain anything to you? I enjoy reading the scriptures and looking for things and him to open up certain things and see things that I never saw before or how I can apply a particular verse. And when you find something on your own, it means a little bit more to you. It's more precious to you. You may hear something from somebody else, and that's wonderful, but you want to get your own. You want to get your own. You know, like digging for buried treasure, and as it says in Proverbs, you know, search for her as you would for silver and gold, and wisdom is more important than all these things. So as you find these little nuggets, little pieces of silver, they mean more to you, they're more valuable to you, because you, you found them. When's the last time you've been digging in the mine? This is, this is the gold mine. Have you done any digging lately? Or you just wait from one week to the next week to the next week? It all depends. And it'll make your heart burn toward the Lord. Because you see things. And it does things to you. And I believe it, it changes your countenance. From one of doom and gloom. And sadness. To gladness. To hope and joy. Because you know. I've been walking with the Lord. And this is what God told me. In his word. I've got his word on it. And I don't have to worry. And I can cast all my cares upon him. And that regardless of how rough things may be, that he's going to make a, a way of escape that I'll be able to bear it. And that God will give me all the strength and all the grace that I need. I don't have to know the future. I just walk with the one who does and know he'll walk me through it. And God will bless you because of that. Look what else he says here in verse 33. He says, and they rose up the same hour, returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven gathered together, and they uh, that were with him. Uh, they went to the house, and uh, they were going to get something to eat. It's in the evening. It's, it says toward evening, day far spent, verse 29. They got something to eat. Their eyes are open. He vanishes out of their eyes. Their heart burns within them. And they said in verse 33, they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem. Now, that's called motivation. That means something happened. Now they're going to tell the other boys, hey, you ought to see what happened to us. Sure. Did you know that Thomas, that's why they call him Doubting Thomas, he wasn't there on one Sunday morning church service. He played hooky, stayed home, and he didn't show up. And it was a, a week later, and uh, the Lord appeared the second time. He says, Thomas, he says, reach here with your hand. Look at the scars. And he didn't even have to do it. He just said, my Lord and my God. Because he knew this is God. 
and he believed. And Scripture says, blessed are those that believe and have not seen. See, we weren't there. We haven't seen him. But blessed are those that do see, that do understand, that believe. Look what he says here in verse 36. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. Now here it is. He stands there in the midst of them. Well, where had he been? He had disappeared, and now he was there. And I'm going to get a body just like his. I can't wait to go zip, zip, zip. zip choo, choo. I want to be talking with James. And then all of a sudden, I disappear out of James. And he's still talking. <laughs> he's still just telling me what he's going to do and what he got to do and all these like that. And I, I'm gone. Wouldn't that be neat? That would be neat. And then James is, appears right there beside me. It's, uh, Amen. <laughs> Verse 37, but they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. He said to them, why are you so troubled? Why do you, these thoughts arise in your heart? Where do they come from? Why do you imagine these things? He said, behold my hands and my feet, that it is I, myself, handle me. See, for a spirit hath not flesh and bone as you see me have. That's why I said you can't feel a spirit, but you can feel flesh and bone. And when he had thus spoken, he showed himself, showed them his hands and his feet. He showed it to them. And in verse 41, and while they yet believed not for joy. See, believe not for joy. In other words, if you had believed, you'd have joy. But they didn't got joy because they won't believe. You know, it's amazing how that goes together like that. He says, and wondered, he said unto them, have you here any meat? You got anything to eat? Now, when you read in the Gospel of John in chapter 21, he's talking about, hey, they went out fishing all night long. He says, have you caught anything? Got any meat to eat? And they said, no. And then he says, come and dine. I got some. Come and dine. That's where we get that song. Come and dine, the master called. Come and dine. Come and dine. But anyway, here he says, have you here any meat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and of honeycomb. And he took it and he did eat before them. Man, am I glad he did that. You have no idea how much hope that brings to me. To know that after his resurrection and his glorified body, we can still eat fish and have honey. We're going to eat. I would love to sit down at a table and eat for about, you know, four or five, six weeks in a row. You know, without stopping. And just eat, just eat, 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 eat. I hate eating just a little bit and I gotta stop because I know if I don't, you know, burn it, I gotta wear it. So that always concerns you. But he says, he gave, they gave him some, and he, why was he doing that? Proved to them he was real. I'm not a spirit, I'm real. I can eat food right in front of you. Give me some of that fish, watch me eat. And so, it was so hard for them to believe. And they believed not for joy. So if you do believe, and don't believe it's just a fairy tale, don't you know and believe that this should sustain us for the rest of our life? Christ died, paid for my sins, came back from the dead. He's alive. 
He saw everything that was going on in their life. He knew what they were thinking. He was concerned about their countenance and their lack of joy because they were so sad. How do you think God wants us? You think he wants us moping around because life is just so hard. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares. Stop the whining. God isn't dead. He's alive. Look what else he says down through here. He says here in verse 44, And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you. All things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. So he's telling them, those books talked about me. So when you study the book of Deuteronomy, the Old Testament, the law, the Torah, you read the Psalms, the historical book, the poetical book, you read all of these major minor prophets, and you'll see it talks about the Lord. He says, they're evidence that I am who I claim to be. And he would open up their understanding. Look at this. When he says in verse 45, this is a tremendous verse. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And if he doesn't open your understanding, they will be forever shut. If the Holy Spirit living within you don't help you to see and understand the scripture because spiritual things by spiritual means is the only way that you and I can grasp the things of God. Because see, there's a lot of people read the Bible, quote the Bible, one end to the other. And haven't got a clue what he's talking about. They can even quote John 3, 16 and not get it. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and not understand it. These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and not really understand what they're talking about or what Scripture's talking about. They don't get it. They don't see it. They are blind. I love that song. I once was blind. Now I see. But then... That wasn't all of it. Now he gives to them after he has sustained their faith in him and that he came back from the dead and he is alive. Opened the scripture so they could understand it. He gives to them the Great Commission. We often associate the Great Commission with Matthew 28, but it's right here too. Look in verse 46. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer. Rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. That's why he says to the Jew first, and then also to the Greek. And ye are witnesses of these things. What you have seen, what you have heard, what you now know to be true, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You see, when it comes to the church, we have three main reasons for existing as a church. One is evangelism, to win people to Christ. Two is discipleship, to take those that have trusted Christ and train people to serve the Lord. And three, for missions. That's why this church, whatever it is that we do, every function of our church, is supposed to be about evangelism or discipleship or missions. We wrap our lives around those three things. If it doesn't meet that criteria, we probably need to see whether or not do we need to do that. Does that help accomplish 
the purpose for why God left us here. So he makes this statement. Go into all the world, beginning at Jerusalem. But before you start on this thing, he said, I want you to go into Jerusalem and to remain there. Wait until you are endued with power from on high, which is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. When the Holy Spirit comes. So the Great Commission was given to the beginning of the church. Because the church began on that day. So the command, though it was given under the dispensation of law, it was not to begin until the first day of the dispensation of grace. And I do not believe that this has been rescinded. I haven't seen any other verses that says, we don't have to do that anymore. So I imagine after 2,000 years, we're still supposed to go into all the world. We're still supposed to have missionaries. Soul winning and discipleship and missions is still the three major functions of our ministry, of our church. That's why if it doesn't have anything to do with soul winning or discipleship to train people to serve the Lord or for missions, why are we doing it? We've got to have a purpose. See, God gives the purpose. We have to declare and state what is our mission. Our mission is how we are going to fulfill God's purpose as a church. So he says in verse 49, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And then, believe it or not, in verse 50, and he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands, blessed them, and it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. Joe, just another day. Nothing interesting happened today, just another walk in the country. And as you just casually are walking along, do you have a defeated spirit? Down, and your countenance is down. Your joy is gone. Why? What would make the difference between us today and those two fellows that day is Jesus came along and Jesus opened up their understanding and caused them to see things but he also gave them something to do. See, as long as you stay busy doing what God says to do, you don't have too much time to sit around and fret. Even at my age, I go from one thing to another thing to another thing. I don't even have much time to turn over in bed. Going all the time. I'm almost looking for retirement, but not yet. There's still a little fire burning. A little fire still burns. Do you have that little burning desire in your heart that you want to be used by the Lord? You want God to bless your life? You want to make a day an unusual day? You want to have something that you do today that will get you rewards when you get to heaven and God will say, boy, you really did a good job today. Blessed, enter thou into the kingdom of the Lord. Have an abundant entrance. Look up here. This is you and me. This is sin. I got me some beautiful sin this week. Somebody gave me a new wallet. Every time I pull out this wallet, I'm going to think about the person that gave it to me. 
That's not a good idea. I don't know if that's good or not. I connect him with sin. <laughs> no. This is sin. I mean, you and me. The Bible says that we're all born in this world with a sinful nature, and that's why we sin. God says he loves us. He hates our sin, but he loves us. But the payment for sin, the wages, death and hell. Now, God loves us, wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, we have to be perfect, as righteous as God. But we're not perfect. We're not righteous. We're sinners. And because of sin, we can't get in. And God says, you can't earn eternal life. You cannot work your way to heaven. It's not by your good deeds. There is none righteous, not one. There's none that doeth good, not one. So we can't do good to get to heaven because there is none good. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord. He's God in the flesh. He came into this world because he loves us, loves the whole world. He hates our sin, all of our sins, but he loves us. So he took our sins and he paid for them came back from the dead and said, all I have to do is if I'll believe that he did it for me, he put that death payment to my account, and I get to go to heaven on what he did. I didn't earn that, and I don't deserve it. I'm a sinner saved by grace. If Christ walked in here right now and offered you eternal life, and you accept it, what would you have? Eternal life. If it's eternal life, it lasts forever. And if it lasts forever and all your sins are paid, where would you go when you die? To heaven. So can you know you're going to heaven before you die? Yes. And once you trust Christ as Savior, you become a child of God, and you're going to heaven when you die. Now, you may not always live like a Christian, but you still are if you trust the Lord. But your heavenly Father may have to chasten and discipline you, beat the tar out of you, take you home before your time. Serve the Lord. Guard yourself. Be wise. Watch what you see and what you hear. Let's pray, shall we? Our Father, we thank you so much. It's a simple chapter. Just simple verses. But what a story. What an encouragement. Bless each one for being here. For those that listen by way of internet, Father, we just want to be used. We want to encourage people. Life is difficult. It's hard. There's so many things that happens that causes us to believe some fairy tale, some fable. But Father, your word is truth. You are real. And Father, you want us to walk closer to you. And we pray that you would help illuminate our minds where we can understand the things that we need to know. So bless this day. Bless each person here in Christ's name we pray. Amen.